Hey guys, I just want to say I really like what y'all are doing um, with the Smallville podcast. I've been wanting to start one my own, but I found y'all's um, first episode. It was tulips, the flowers that Martha was looking for, specifically red tulips. Um, also, uh, audio quality isn't the greatest. There's a lot of times where you guys drop out during talking. Um, if Y'all can remedy that a little bit. It'd be awesome. Um, I think it would be ten times better. I mean, y'all are doing a great job. I like listening to y'all. The only diff- only thing I wish is I could come on with y'all and talk to y'all about it as well. I'm, I'm a big fan of Smallville. I mean, heck, three of my four tattoos are Smallville related. Um, but just keep doing the good work, and I uh, can't wait for y'all's new episodes to come out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our first fan interaction by uh, Lee Calel Clark uh, sending us a voice message through uh, Anchor, and uh, really appreciate it. Really, uh, really appreciate the support and the uh, the feedback. And we hope that a lot more of you will uh, let us know what you think. Uh, without further ado, here's our next episode of Somebody Save Us. Hello, and welcome back to Somebody Save Us, a retrospective of the 2000s hit Smallville. And my name is Paul, and I'm joined by Steve. Hello. And this week, we are covering Hourglass. Uh, My first note on this, (laughs) before I even press play on the episode, buckle the fuck up. Yeah, this episode is great. This is a great episode. This episode plants so many seeds that are, like, intrinsic to the DNA of Smallville for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, the the cold open to the episode actually starts at Smallville's retirement castle, which, like, I would say that because it's, like, a beautiful old building. Like, it's it's the epitome of the idea of a retirement castle. Like, it's a pretty cool-looking place um on the outside and uh but we cut inside and pete and clark are walking down the hall and pete's pretty skeptical skeptical about uh serving their community service uh that uh that they are required to do through the school um here rather than doing it at the ymca doing the girls uh swim class lifeguard situation understandable I actually, I, I totally sympathize with Pete on this one. I mean, we could be doing something really awesome, but instead we're here. Thanks, Clark. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he, he like, and as they're kind of, he's kind of trying to figure out why Clarkson wants to do this. And Lana come, comes walking out of a room, pushing like a, a book cart. And Pete rolls his eyes so fucking hard. Ah, busted. <laughs> and, and Clark's like, oh, I didn't know you were here. And Pete's actually like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like he he's he's he 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 knows what's going on. Totally. Clark's not supposed to lie, Clark. Clark, you're yeah. you're better than that. Yeah. Um so like kind of kind of going back a little bit, the uh the episode seems like it it's got a lot of 
it's sort of like an episode that is packed full of stuff in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, it's writing style reminds me of a lot of episodes of remember the show dark angel. It's kind of, and it makes sense because the writer of this episode wrote a bunch of dark angel. Okay. I think I can kind of like, see like the poster for that, but I don't think I ever actually watched the show. I watched some of it for sure. And I, I, I totally get the writing style, uh, feel in this one. She also did some Krypton actually. Oh, okay. Which, uh, sadly was just canceled. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't, I actually did not see any of it. Um, okay. Aside, just a tangent. Um, for somebody who is like just a massive Superman fan and just DC fan in general, um, I had trouble getting through Krypton season one. And like, I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There's some very cool stuff in there. Visually, it's striking at times. Um, I think it's one of the very few shows that's ever done Brainiac correctly. But right. it's a slog at times too, man. Like it, it, it's very slow. There are plot points that I or or like story arcs that I just don't care about. Um, it's very weird that WBDC tends to like to make shows about their superheroes without their superheroes in them. So, like, we've got Krypton, let's do a Superman show with no Superman. And then we've got, like, Pennyworth coming out this year, which is, let's do a Batman show without Batman. It's all about his butler. Yeah, they already did with with, that, with Gotham. Gotham was fucking exhausting, man. Like, I, I was so exhausted by the show by the end. I, I really liked, I really liked um, the, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who played um, uh, Jerome, who basically becomes the Joker. Did you like he him? Does oh. I did like him. I did like him because he sort of was doing a he was doing a Jack Nicholson and a Heath Ledger. Yeah, I totally at times. I, can see that. I loved the cast of that show. I really did. I just like um and you're you're a, a much bigger fan of like Batman 60s than I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't like campy Batman. So when Gotham, they were like, they were advertising and it's like Gotham, the dark, gritty Gotham before Batman comes in and tries to clean up the streets. And then it got really over the top, campy, almost Joel Schumacher Batman. And I was like, right. nope, I'm out. I washed my hands of it. I came back once in a while because people were like, oh no, it gets really good. And I'm like, eh, it kind of doesn't though. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, and the like, characters just come back to life over and over again. Riddler was kind of good in that, but. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway, we'll save that for our Gotham recap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that's never happening. That's never going to happen. <laughs> All right, where were we? Right. Okay, so uh, Lana makes a point to mention that the woman that they're going to read to, Cassandra, is like something of a mind reader, and then she kind of walks past them. Um, and then we actually cut into Cassandra's room, and she is, I think she's reading Braille of the uh, of like maybe of a paper or something or maybe a book um i can't remember what she's reading exactly she's blind so she's definitely reading braille um I, yeah i didn't catch what she was reading either actually now that you mentioned yeah. it yeah i know that she's from a bunch of things like she's been in a ton of stuff yeah um, she was a huge character actress back in the day yeah i think she's she passed away in like 2012 or something like that jackie burroughs is her name. she'd be like a yeah. hundred and some now I know for sure 
Uh, one thing I do know sure, for sure, because my mom watched this show, was uh, Road to Avonlea. She was on that. Oh, okay. I did, was that, did that ever... It was on, C- it was on CBC. It was it's on a CBC, Canadian yeah. show, so... Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one thing we're, we're going to notice a lot of, uh, me and Paul specifically, you may not notice it as much uh, for international listeners, is that Paul and I are going to recognize a lot of character actors, because a lot of, all of Smallville is shot in... Uh, in and around Vancouver, British Columbia. And they have this like um, steady staple of extras and character actors that they kind of recycle throughout TV shows. So there are people that you would have seen in the X-Files that show up on this and from this that show up in Battlestar Galactica and then The Flash and... Or no, wait, Flash and Arrow are in Toronto now. Um, Yeah, but it still remains true. Like there's a lot of actors... uh, at, at some point, we're going to see all three of the kids from uh, from Home Improvement are going to be on this thing. Like, like Really? All three of them? Yeah, I know, all three like, of them. Taylor Thomas, for sure. Yeah, all three of them, actually, at some point. Oh, all right. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll keep everyone yeah. appraised. Of I'll, I'll try to contain my excitement. Home Improvement Watch 2019. I think they all show up in season one, actually. Oh, really? Okay, well, we'll get it over I with. I think quick. so. We'll pull that back in the jaw. I could be wrong. But yeah, anyway, but um so but when she's reading the Braille, do you notice like she's got like a glowing like E. T. finger? Okay. I that's my very first note is her hands glow when she reads and no one's ever noticed. <laughs> like, uh, like that's I mean, she is the blind one in in the home. Everyone else has vision, so you would think people would look over and go. Wow, does she know her hands are glowing? <laughs> no one's ever uh, mentioned yeah. it. She points out that there are two of them, and she could hear her little, uh, your little friend's shoes squeaking. Um, and Pete kind of just like loses all decorum and just asks her if she, if it's the rumor is true and that she's like a seer or whatever. And um, so she drops her book on the ground, and uh, Pete uh, is handing it back to her. And she brushes hands with him. And then she says that it's a long walk home. Uh, and he realizes, like, a second later that he's left his keys in the car. And he just kind of, le- he says, you're on your own, and takes off. Which is weird. Like, I don't, I, I, I just, like, I mean, obviously it's just a way for the writers to get Pete out of the situation. Like, we need as few characters as possible here. Pete doesn't contribute anything to the episode, so get him out. Yeah. Um, it's also like one of, I think, I don't know if I actually have this note, um, but I might somewhere. I think this is a very, like, uh, low Pete, very low Chloe episode. Like, it's very heavy Clark, obviously, heavy Lex, yeah. and yeah. then I think, like, the middle, the, the rest is Lana. Yeah, there's a little bit of Chloe because, of course, Chloe's always the one who connects the dots to who the villain is. Oh yeah. Like, and yeah, how the they're related. Person. So she, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's uh, the Fred. She's the she's, Fred. Oh, she's a Velma Dinkley. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true too. Um, but yeah, she's always got the, the, her nose to the, to the beat, you know, uh, where, where, what's next? Uh, so, oh, it's Lana arriving at uh mr bolston's uh room and this is george murdoch uh aka 
God from Star Trek V. <laughs> For uh, real? Yeah. I totally and did. I was like, oh, together. man. The, the day I watched this episode, I had actually watched Star Trek V. And I was like, what are the chances? Very, very fucking slim. Very uh, slim. No, I, did, I really did not recognize that dude at all. Yeah. Yeah, he's in he's in things. He's in lots of things, but he's 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 like a he's a character actor with yeah, like it must must have been like the lack of a beard. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But yeah, he's listening to some classical music in there and he knows a lot about local history because uh he he kind of spouts off about the fact that the Langs bought some land in like the 30s. Yeah, doesn't he? He says something to Lana uh, somewhat about the point, like he considers himself like uh, Smallville's unofficial historian kind of thing. Which, yeah. I mean, I, I small town communities, I kind of get that kind of thing. It's a small town. You want to really preserve the history of it because, I mean, it's not going to make the big time. You know what I mean? It's not going to make the big history books. So you've got to rely on the community to to uh, archive that kind of thing. But yeah. also, also creepy. Yeah, well, he also does this thing. He's like, oh, you should have seen me in my younger days. Yeah, but he's, he's like very, uh, I don't know, man. Like, He's a grouchy old man. You he's know? very, if I met someone like that, I'd be like, why don't you mind your own business? Yeah. But uh, that might be the city boy in me, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to know shit about me. Why are you talking about my grandparents? I've never met you before. <laughs> like, don't dox me, old man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... The so they have but they head out for a walk on the pier or like it's like a it's sort of like a there's like a walkway that leads out over the pond, um, but he kind of sends her off to grab him a sweater so because uh, he's he says he's got a chill and as soon as Lana's walking away he like busts out his little pack of cigarettes and he's trying to light a smoke but he drops his lighter and there's like a weird it's like a back and forth cut between him kind of coughing and, and trying to pick up his uh, uh, lighter and Cassandra coughing as well and asking for her glass of water. Um, and, and the cup kind of slips out of her hand and crashes to the floor just as Harry and his po- and his chair topple into the water and we just see green lightning shooting out everywhere and this old man's body floating face down. Because, surprise, surprise, there are meteor rocks in the pond. What are the chances? <laughs> yeah, uh, So, but we see a quick shock, look of shock, of shock on Cassandra's face. And then we see, like, from underwater, we see Harry, like, reverse Benjamin buttoning. And then he's, like, a teen again. And then he turns into small nipples guy. Now, that was my <laughs> teaser from the last show. If you don't understand what small nipples guy is, this guy, and he looks almost exactly the same. It's actually, like, odd. It's creepy. This dude hasn't aged, like, maybe two years and 20. Uh, But he was on an episode of Community where he dated Britta, and uh, uh, Jeff and Shirley bonded, uh, when they had never previously bonded, but they bonded over the fact that he had small nipples, and they were making fun of him all the time about his small, almost non-existent nipples. So... There you go. Oh man, yeah, and like yeah, I had to be that had to be explained to me off air because I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Steve?" Like last episode, <laughs> when you were 
going on about some like small nipples. Like, what are you talking about? I I fucking love community. I still to this day love community so much. So there'll be community references probably every once in a while. But yeah, so it uh, the last thing that happens is Clark is like asking her if she's okay because she's got like this catatonic look on her face, but and she kind of not really looks in his direction because she's blind, but she says that someone close to him will die soon. And uh, and then we get opening credits. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I've seen this episode multiple times. Season one of Smallville I watched too many times that I actually kind of don't want to admit how many times. Um, yeah. But this is the first time I've watched this where I actually understood the prediction by the end of the, the show. We won't talk about it yet. We'll get there when we get there. But it was yeah. the first time I was like, oh. So, like... I was really stupid when I was younger. (laughs) Because they kind of say it at the end of it. And I don't know. It's just like my brain just didn't like, whatever. Connect it. You're just like, oh, fun episode. You were still reeling from the cool Lex thing. Probably. That's probably what it was. I was like, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. But yeah, so Clark immediately, like we see the the barn and Clark rushing in um, and like, uh, Martha and and Jonathan are both doing like like cutting wood, like obviously doing some um, some either repairs because there's always repairs. Um, but uh, he's trying to convince them, yo, maybe uh, don't do anything around here. And they're like, it's a farm. And uh, he tells them about why what happened with Cassandra, and they're rightly skeptical. But, well, but are they though? Because that's my note. That's my very next note is my favorite thing about Smallville is the constant skepticism. You're raising an alien as your own son. He's fought a million cockroaches in a human skin. <laughs> like, weird shit keeps happening. But an old lady can tell the future? Come on, Clark. Yeah, it's like they forget every every episode. <laughs> every episode. Like, every week, some kind of weird, the men in black. Yeah. The men in black yeah. are there just, and they just keep flashing them every week. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is at some point it's going to get to a point where like Clark's almost going to turn to camera to us and be like, look, my parents don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and they, they really don't. Uh, but so back at the home, young Harry is like just dressed in scrubs. Um, and like, you, yeah, he's just walking around. And he returns to his room and he grabs this list. Um, I think we see like a couple of names on it right away. Um, yeah, and he, I, think, like, I think a couple of them are crossed off, aren't they, already? Yeah, a couple of them are. And they, the one that it kind of stops on, lingers on, is Zoe Garfield. Um, and uh, so he's talking to himself in the mirror, though. He's got a chance, second chance to make them pay. Uh and then, like, yeah, Alec, it rests on that Zoe Garfield name. And then in the very next scene, we see somebody with a name tag that says Zoe on it serving Harry at the beanery. Which I, I am, like, right at this point thinking that it is called the beanery right now. And maybe that scene that I saw earlier, uh, I don't know, some earlier episode where it had the sign for the talon is just like the old sign for the Talon from like years ago. And so maybe what, what Lana's going to do is resurrect the Talon. That's possible too. 
Because I, I, I mean, I, I want to say at some point the beanery gets destroyed, and that's where she's like, oh, I'm going to rebuild it and own the business, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. is the talent also... Because this place is actually called the beanery. It says it says it on their uh, on their Does like it? aprons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I'm wondering if like the Talon is the town of is the name of like the town newspaper. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't anyway, remember. it's not important. It's not important. It's yeah. the beanery right now. And I'll, I'll just say this: I liked Zoe. Mm-hmm. She was cool. She seemed nice. Yeah, Seems, she was nice you know, to him. You know? Fun and sweet and cool. Yeah, he, he's like excited about the sandwich. He's like, oh, I haven't had something like this since the bypass. And then he passes it off as a joke. But then he's so shocked at the price of regular coffee. He's like, what, do they carry it from from South America? Yeah, which, I mean, and she's she's funny too. She's like, oh my God, you sound just like my grandfather. Um <laughs> Which is, I mean, I mean, decent enough because he is. He's talking like an old man. Yeah. And so, like, after this has happened, like, as she's walking away, Chloe and Lana and Clark are walking in and kind of brush past her and sit in the table, like, in the booth right behind Harry. And, like, Lana is kind of lamenting about losing her old man. Um, and Chloe makes a crack about the koi turning into piranha. And uh, a nice thing, and this is got to give props to like Smallville's costume designers in this because I know we were like busting their balls over, yeah. um, over like all the color coordination and everything. But the mm. fact that they've got Harry kind of dressed in, um, like almost 50s, 60s greaser style, like yeah. his, his way his, his shirt is rolled up, and he's, I think he's wearing suspenders, I want to say, and his pants are just a little higher than they normally should be for the fashion at the time. It's like, yeah. You could tell that he's reverted back to when he was that young, so he's wearing the styles that were cool when he was that age. Um, right. It's just like, yeah, it's a cool little touch. So props to the Smallville costume designers on that one. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he, he, he doesn't stick out like a totally a sore thumb because by, like, the early 2000s, people were starting to dress like they were from the 50s. So, um... <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, um, but, um, so... Uh, well, he smirks at that comment about the koi turning to prana, and he turns around that he likes uh, and and says out loud that he likes the theory. And Chloe makes a comment about his eavesdropping technique, and he kind of quickly uh, explains that he's new in town and that uh, he heard that this is where young people congregate. Yeah. <laughs> and like you can uh, almost see like Chloe rolling her eyes at this point, like what the hell? Yeah. And uh, Clark tries to get an introduction going, but Harry actually doesn't introduce himself. Um, like they're inter- he's uh, Clark is introducing everyone else, and Harry reads Lana's name tag um, to passing off to pass off that he already knows who she is. Um, and she kind of gets this look of near recognition, but he never actually introduces himself in this moment. It's like a I weird. Don't think- yeah, well, no, but, yeah, no, 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 like, because he's, you're right, because they try, and doesn't he, yeah. like, essentially, like, swats the question aside and moves on to something else? Yeah, well, he kind of, he says, uh, Lana Lang, and then uh, he's like, good luck finding your missing old person, and then turns back to his sandwich, and, like, Lana's got this look of, like, puzzlement on her face, like, she's making a real face. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would too if you're trying to introduce yourself, like, "Hi, I'm blah blah blah," and the person's just like, "Anyway, bye." I'd be like, right. All right. I, I think he, this is I, where he's he's turning around about uh, and uh, Zoe's brought him his coffee and he says, uh, "Thanks, you're a doll." Which is exactly what he had said to Lana when he sent her for the sweater. And Lana, like, gets this kind of very small, like, sense of, uh, uh, like, recognition almost. Like, she doesn't put it together, but she almost does. Okay, I I can see how, yeah, I can see how that played out. I didn't get that, but I can totally, like, replaying it in my head. Yeah, I can see that she's, you look familiar, kind of a thing. Or, or even maybe just the the pattern of his speech or something like, oh, yeah. do I, have I met this guy before? Yeah. yeah okay. It, cool, cool, cool. Probably if she knew him a little better, she would have put it together. But because he's you know a new new to her anyway, right? Like they hadn't really they didn't really know each other for twenty minutes, right? So it's, um, I think back up at home again. Uh, Harry's playing the piano. Um. And and Cassidy or Cassandra and very is very well. That's a, that's a, the plot, a plot point is that he's very very good at playing piano. Yeah, and so he's playing it very well, and uh, she makes a comment about that, and he talks about having been set to go to the Metropolis Conservatory, and she is kind of like, oh, didn't that close in like the seventies? And he kind of recovers, like, you know, if he had lived in that time, he would have gone there. Um, she's she's kind of onto him, though, a little bit. And she tries to get him to help her back to her room. And he kind of just stands up from the piano and he's like, no, thanks. I already know my future. Well, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> like from this point forward, he doesn't. He's lived one future. Like he grew old once, but he doesn't yeah. know what the hell's gonna happen from here on out. You're a dummy. Yeah. Although I totally get it because if uh, Cassandra's got this reputation, right, mm. uh, that she can see the future and that by you know touching you, she learns things about people. Uh, so if she's got this reputation, and you think that they probably lived in the same. Um, home for a while together that he's probably seen some weird shit around Cassandra. So his whole like, no, you're not touching me because then you would figure out who I am. Right. Right. And that's, that's a hundred percent gotta be it. Right. Like that she would, she would see flashes from his future, but realize that it's him immediately. Obviously that's, that's what my guess would be. Yeah. But, um, I guess the next thing is we are, uh, Clark is unloading some produce at Lex's and we see Lex come up the driveway in, uh, his new car. <laughs> Lex too, I think. Oh, I tried to figure out what it was. Cause it's not <sighs> another Porsche. Is it like, I want to is it a Ferrari? I don't think so. I want to say it's a Ferrari. I think it's like a Ferrari 328 or something like that. Okay, like a, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't entirely sure because I kept trying to like, I didn't actually look at the car itself. I kept looking at the hood ornament and I couldn't make it out. And then it was just gone. I was like, damn it. I wanted to know what that car was. Yeah, but yeah, he comes fishtailing up his driveway at speed and Clark like gives him shit about being careful. Um, and then tells him about Cass, uh, Cassandra. And uh, 
he's also skeptical, which shocks Clark into like Clark's like, wow, you and my parents get a lot both agree on this. Um, and so they they kind of move inside and like Clark's uh, just kind of walking in with him. Um, and they're continuing the conversation a little bit. Like uh, Clark asks if Lex wouldn't like to know the future. And Lex uh, kind of smartly is just like, he'd rather not follow a roadmap and he doesn't need to worry about the future because he's got Clark saved him once. So. I, I, it seems to me like Lex would be the kind of person who is A, skeptical, um, yeah. B, probably a little scared about what his future is going to be like because uh, you would think that one of Lex's fears would be turning into his dad. Yeah. Or, or just that. like abject failure. Like the, I would think that would be Lex's biggest fear is failing. Um, and so I think he hides behind that. Oh, I'm, I'm the, the captain of my own destiny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, steering his own ship or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so Clark's going to get out of there because that comment he made about the fact that he's got Clark saving him gets Clark a little uncomfortable and he says he's got more deliveries to make. But Lex calls after him about who the this woman is and gets the name. Uh, and we kind of get the sense that uh, Lex is definitely going to look into it. Um, and... I think it's back at the home again, and Lana is staring at like the corkboard that has the young and old photos of all of the residents, except for Harry's young photo is missing. It's missing now, yeah. A nice, a nice, um, uh, just like a nice plot point, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was? Has Cassandra? Okay, she makes. I mean, I want to say we probably like rushed right past this. Has she touched Clark's hand yet? Uh, I don't think she has yet uh, because I think um, like Clark is walking up to Lana at the corkboard and Lana reveals that she learned that Harry's last name is actually Volk and that he was like a murderer um, detailing his like thing about the fact that he killed his teacher's son for recommending someone else to conservatory. Yeah killed his dream so he killed his teacher's dream um and we actually it's it's weird because like so i I don't understand why he has a list of people because it's like oh you killed my future i'm gonna kill yours but then shouldn't shouldn't that be like one person he kills one person and then you're done but for some reason he's got a list of people and then now he's going after their kids or something like it's i don't know that part was weird to me yeah, I, they 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 eventually explain they square that circle for us later on. But we actually cut over to a scene where like there's a guy like a man in his house, like watching football and the power goes out, and he is kind of fumbling around. He grabs a flashlight and he's heading for the landline. Ah, oh, remember landlines? I do. And and there's a knock at the door, uh, and like Harry impersonating a utilities worker just kind of gets the guy uh to let him in um and while they're kind of doing small talk he finds out that he's the son of uh this guy named randolph gage who um who harry seems to know and he's talking about how they've got like more dealerships and all this other stuff and harry's pulling out some piano wire out of his 
he's gonna he's gonna hit Manum. And we we get uh, we get kind of a look. Um, he's kind of kind of starting to loop it around his hands, and he's like, "Looks like your father left you a bright future." It's like, why is he a strangler? Yeah, weird, right? Is it? Oh, oh, is it because it's piano wire? Yeah, I literally think that's why. Is that literally <laughs> the only reason he's a strangler? Because like, oh, I'm gonna use my art to kill you because you. Took he only knows pianos, man. He only knows pianos. It's the only thing he knows. I mean, I guess he's like totally got the ability to get a whole bunch, like his hands on it. Like, if I wanted to strangle and murder someone, I wouldn't use piano wire because where do I get some? Yeah, but All he right. had ready access to piano wire. That literally just popped into my head, and I'm like, honestly, that's kind of fucking lame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but whatever. I, I mean, I like it. It's very consistent with the plot, and again, it's like that Smallville subtlety. Although this was subtle, like I, I only just figured it out, but yeah, yeah. I th- I think I, I I figured it out while I was while I was writing the notes for it. I was like, oh, it's because it's not just like a garrote wire. Like it's a it's a little spool of piano wire. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. I wasn't but smart yeah, enough this, to get it this next, the, the next scene. Yeah, the next scene is where Clark visits uh, Cassandra and kind of reveals the burden she felt when she first gained the ability and when she first lost her sight and explains how she lost her sight. Um, and Clark, again, is like, uh, apologizes and she kind of waves it off. Uh, it wasn't your fault. You couldn't have known. And of course, he kind of, every time somebody says that now, the last few episodes, he just kind of does like a, yeah he totally does blame himself for everything oh he absolutely blames himself and it's one of those things uh it's actually very reminiscent of an argument that came out after man of steel came out mm-hmm. because man of steel comes out and you know there's the, all the destruction at the end of the movie and everyone's like oh well fucking superman killed all those people blah 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 like, well he didn't actually he had very little to do with the destruction if you pay attention to the fucking plot of the movie it's actually the world building machine that is destroying all this fucking land uh, yeah. clark's in a one-on-one battle and yes a couple things are destroyed in that battle because they're fucking gods fighting in the middle of the street yeah but one of the one of the things that people like to throw out there and like well if clark never came to earth then zod never would have followed blah 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 he's not how the fuck is that his fault he's a baby yeah yeah. Like, that has he nothing do- to do with him. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But that's the thing is, like, this this is, uh, like, a narrative that's going to continue for a long time. Like, I don't think he ever really gets over it, really. No, he definitely um, has. I don't even want to say it's, like, survivor's guilt, but it's definitely, like, he recognizes that had he not come to Earth the way he did, none of that would have happened. None of those people would have been killed. None of these monsters would have been created. He gets that. But at the same yeah. time, the trade-off is, well, now the world has Superman. Yeah. So. I, yeah. But yeah, so so he, again, like, yeah, he apologizes. But she goes on to say that she can, she doesn't really read the future. She, she can show signposts on people's journey. And he's kind of hesitant, but he, uh, he sits next to her on her bed and he takes her hand. And uh, kind of for a first time ever, uh she isn't the only one who sees the vision. Clark sees the vision as well. Yes. 
and it's like this raining it's raining in this graveyard and he's just surrounded by headstones of everyone he loves and it starts to zoom out and it's just like a enormous graveyard of of headstones um and he kind of yanks his hand away from her and just runs out of there and he like super speeds out of there well she can't see so he's not well yeah but she could probably feel the whoosh right yeah and not that it matters now because now she knows he's different right well well yeah exactly and this uh, the vision like really compounds clark's fears in the episode of like her prediction, somebody close, somebody closes to you is going to die very soon. Yeah. Um, I do like this in that. I mean, it's raining and it's there's lightning, lightning, so it's kind of got a horror vibe to it. So it, it kind of alludes to tragedy, which yeah. I mean, anybody's death who was close to you is a tragedy. But I like that this is kind of a nod to the fact that, and we get a much better nod further into the into the series, which I actually thought was in this, but it's mm. not. Um, but this is kind of a nod to the fact of like, Clark, all of these people are going to die and you're still going to be alive. It's Dutch, yeah. just the way your life is going to go because for all intents and purposes, you're kind of immortal. Now it doesn't spell it out and it doesn't tell him that all he sees is that he's going to outlive all these people. And to him, that's horrible. Um, yeah. it's, it's a really great yeah. nod. There's, um, they did Superman 1000 came out. Sorry, yeah. Action Comics 1000 came out last year or two years ago. Mm. And it's just a compendium of small stories written by today's artists uh, and today's right. writers of DC. And there's a fantastic one where it's Superman visiting the graves of Martha and Jonathan Kent. Martha, Jonathan, and Lois, I believe, was there as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. On Earth, and as he's there, it's just like the three headstones. They're perfectly preserved, and everything around is desert. And the sun's about to go supernova. So it's Clark oh, has been, Yeah, so he's been maintaining their graves all of the time that it took for the sun to go supernova. And he's like, this is the last time I can come visit you. So yeah. I just want to say, no, I love you, goodbye. I'm like choking up. Mm. God damn it, such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's sad. It's a nice moment. I love Superman so much. Um, but that, that that this kind of reminded me of that, except done in a much more like we're trying to shock the audience and all also trying to mislead a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, but so at home, he's trying to convince like the Kents are trying to convince Clark he must have been hallucinating, um, and he's like he he actually voices his worry that he's going to outlive everyone he cares about. Um, and Jonathan really does try to be like, look, the, nothing's written. Like, you control your own destiny, etc. Um, and uh, it's like, uh, presumably the next day, or maybe it's the same day, I'm not sure. But Cassandra's sitting outside um, at the home, and Lex comes for a visit. Um, but he kind of comes not for a glimpse of the future, but he kind of just wants her to give him insight on Clark. Yeah, and I think I get the feeling that he's kind of feeling her out too. Like, I want to know what your deal is. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's kind of like, you know what? Clark thinks that you have these powers, and I am just curious to see why he thinks that because he doesn't think she does at all. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, that's what I love so much about Lex in Smallville. If if anything got Lex right as far as like mediums outside of the comic book, it's this show. This show does the perfect fucking Lex Luthor. 
And that, like, there's always multiple intention there. Like you said, he shows up because he wants to know more about Clark because he's still convinced that there's something special about Clark after the accident. Also, Clark said that this lady is psychic, so he wants to know more about the lady because, well, maybe that might come in fucking handy, too. Right. But, so, um, but she, she's like, you know what, she's, she declines uh, saying that she can only tell the future of those she touches. And so she's kind of intimating that she hasn't touched Clark. And so Lex is kind of annoyed at being stonewalled, kind of declines her offer to see the future. He believes that we make our own destiny. He actually says that to her. And then he leaves. Um, and as he's walking away, she asks, asks him to return when he's ready. Just come back when you're ready. No, Obviously knowing that he will come back. Doesn't he almost like accuse her of being a charlatan? Yeah, kind of. I think like he doesn't. He doesn't outright say like I think you're a liar and a con, but he kind of. It almost like he hints at it. Like I don't. I don't believe you. And then her very yeah, last yeah. statement, you can see on his face that he doesn't. He actually doesn't believe himself. Yeah. That he's like, no, nah, I think you are probably fucking psychic. God damn it. Yeah, he's mad. He's just upset in general as he leaves. Uh, doesn't doesn't want to reveal too much, of course, because he's he's he's. He's got he's got aces up his sleeve, right? So he's um he just gets out of there. But uh so Lana's at the torch when Clark gets there. Um because he's he's obviously gone to go talk to Chloe about the same thing. Um and she asks him about whether he buys into this wall of weird stuff, and he says yeah. And she's pissed because there's like that newspaper article of her on the wall. And like that, she's just constantly reminded that she's just this little girl in a princess costume who lost her parents, and that's all she's ever going to be. Um, and Clark's like, I wish I could go back and erase that day. And like, you know, he, you know, again, he, apologizing, double meanings, just double meanings, yeah. right? She takes it at face value that he wishes he could take that back, but he really wishes he could take that back. Um, so she leaves, but. Chloe shows up. Um, does she? I can't remember. Oh, no, she doesn't. Um, like, at the barn, Chloe and Pete and Clark are there, and they're talking about, like, the recent murder, and they put together what's happened based on Harry's M.O., and the, and then the photo in the newspaper that looks exactly like him from, like, 1945. Yep. And they kind of put... I think they put it together at this point that they are looking at, like, the list of jurors... Oh, that makes sense. Okay, that totally makes sense. That's why he's going after a bunch of other people because it was the guy that ref- uh, or or denied him the the spot at the conservatory, and then it was all the jurors who had him locked up. Yeah, yeah. And so again, back at the beanery, like Harry is back there again playing the piano. I didn't even know there was a piano at the beanery, but I guess there is. Um, Only when the plot needs it. <laughs> It's a it's a plot dependent beanery. It's it comes in it lives in a little pocket dimension. Yeah, basically, it's like the, the room requirement in Harry Potter. Does somebody yeah. need a piano? Here he is. It's funny you say that, and I was gonna go like totally like way way older reference than that. I was gonna be like Felix the Cat's bag. Oh, that's a good one. Too. <laughs> that's a good one too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so she says that he's she's preparing to close up shop and he's gonna play one more song. Um, and at the home, 
they split up. Um, like uh, Pete and Chloe go to search the room, and Clark has a talk with Cassandra, and she reveals she knows that he's different and all this other stuff, and that she's seen him many times in other people's futures. And that's yes. how she knows. I love that so much, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so, it's such a crazy... Um, uh, and I, well, I thought I had a note here for that, but I don't... I, oh, I, I lost it, I guess. Oh, there. Um, uh, it's basically a, basically what you just said, but it's it's so great that like when she finally gets to tell Clark's future, because I I have like another note here earlier on saying something of, um, uh, I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, just the idea that like she's seen Clark before, she didn't realize it until she touched him. But as soon as she touched him, she's like, oh, I've seen you in, like, everybody I've ever touched, every future I've ever seen. I've seen your face in there. Because eventually Superman becomes that, like, global savior for people that yeah. there, there's no way he doesn't touch at least a few people's futures. And if he doesn't touch them directly, then he's certainly, like, a phenomenon that people are going to look at and, and he will become part of right. everybody's future. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, so... Uh, she shows him one more flash of images, and he actually, I think, in the flashes of images, you actually see, uh, like, Harry attacking Zoe in the flashes. Oh, I um, but I don't think he realizes it in that moment either. Like, I didn't pause. I wanted to frame by frame it and see what all of the things that are shown, because there could be, like, some serious Easter eggs in there, but I didn't frame by frame it. Um, but Clark stands to leave saying his secret, and she says that, uh, his secret is safe with her and it will be, um, it will be. but Chloe and Pete are like casually digging through Harry's belongings. Like where are the nurses in this place? Like the door, I think the door might even be open to, uh, into the room. Um, well, it, this, it, the, the security in this, in this home is just fucking horrible. One, one, like Lana loses an old man. In, in the pond. Then there's this mysterious guy who was running around, this new young guy, and all he has to do is wear scrubs and nobody questions anything. Why you're digging through people's like personal stuff, why you're running around this home. I guess like he's young and they're like, Well, we have all these young people volunteering. But Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody I, asks any questions in this place. Yeah, I, I think I missed my opportunity earlier on when they were looking for the old man to call it like a fossilized amber alert. Oh. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. Oh, sometimes jokes are bad and good. <laughs> <laughs> Dino DNA. Dinosaur. Uh, dinosaurs. Uh, but uh, so at the cafe, though, um, like they think they, oh, I think this is the scene where they find. Uh, I can't remember what they're... They're looking through his belongings, and Clark sees uh, the picture of Zoe in the paper, wearing, like, her necklace. And then he runs out of there, and at the cafe, uh, Harry has, sound, uh, like, handed her a napkin with the Greek phrase for the sins of the father. You know? Um, and kind of monologues about his destiny and... 
he's wrapping wire around his hands while he's doing this, and she's like, uh, uh. Yeah, run, lady, run. <laughs> yeah, so they're struggling, and Clark arrives. Uh, Harry kind of grabs a knife, and he's kind of holding her at, at bay while he walks. He gets out into the street, and Clark is already there um, to block him, and Harry's like, oh, fuck this, and throws Zoe in front of a truck. Which was horrible. Because <laughs> he, like, he puts, like, zero effort. Like, he puts as much effort in throwing Zoe into the street as I put throwing my jacket onto my bed at the end of the day. Like, whatever, I'm done. Yeah, and she flies, like, six meters. <laughs> like, you can <laughs> see her jump. Like, it was just yeah. a badly done stunt. So does this guy have super strength, too? I think, like, oh, there's a scene coming rocks. up that might might show it you know but but he uh so he leaves her uh and and clark jumps into the street and like you see the sparks as the truck's like underside is ripping into clark's back and the truck driver is right there yeah there was an oddly awkward scene because it almost looked like tom welling was giving his o face and he's like rocking <laughs> forward and back on Zoe. <laughs> These sparks are flying, oh, no. and I'm like, I don't know if kids should be watching this right oh, now. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, but yeah, he just made no no attempt to hide his powers. I mean, he couldn't, right? Obviously, but the uh, in um, he kind of leaves. He gets up and kind of leaves her with the startled truck driver. The truck driver just kind of like ah uh, ah, uh, uh. um, and so he's in the alley. And he's looking, hears a sound, and he's walking forward, but then he goes to turn around. And this is why I think maybe, like, what's-his-name might have super strength, because in the attempt to stab Clark, the knife just shatters to pieces, right? Like, it shouldn't shatter to pieces. It could have bent, maybe, when he yeah. tried to stab so, him. But uh, this uh, unless... Shatter. Yeah, unless both of them are superpowered. I understand what you mean. Unless both of them are super, like two forces colliding as opposed to, because right. even if he wasn't superpowered, yeah. then the impact of the knife on Clark, at the most, his hand should like just fly forward yep. and then probably cut yep. itself on the blade. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the blade explodes apart and it looks like it. Uh, it's not a good effect. Um, uh, but... It's an effect we're going to see a lot of, though. Yeah. Ooh, do they yeah. use that effect a lot? Yeah, but the knife shatters and like Clark throws him through the air and he's done. <laughs> like he loses consciousness. He's just out cold. Um, and then uh, I think the Kents in the next scene mentioned that the truck driver was suspicious but didn't ask any questions. Like they kind of hand wave it away real fast about the whole, you know, power reveal. How convenient. Yeah, exactly. Convenient. I'm just going to assume that the truck driver was another DC hero. And they were just like, oh, I'm not going to talk about his secret because I have my own secrets. Yes. The driver. The dri yeah. Cleaning up America's highways. One road at a time. But yeah, Clark, but Clark tells them what uh, Cassandra told them. And they're still... You know, they're still kind of rolling their eyes at him a little bit, but that she knows the secret and the Kents are just like, well, we can't have people knowing your secret, Clark, like, get it together. 
Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, I've been saying that for like every episode I've watched so far, and even the ones after that, I'm like, Clark really not subtle with any of his powers. Like he hasn't, it's, it's weird because you get the sense at the beginning of the series that he's had some and they've had to kind of keep him a secret, but it seems like everything is really doubling up. And, and it's, it's a feeling I didn't get the first time I watched the show or the first few times because I expect Clark to be Superman. But now right. that I'm watching it again, uh, it just kind of seems like if you go back to, to the pilot where, like, Clark shoves his fist into a fucking, uh, 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 like, a tree shredder, right. um, that, like, the strength and or definitely the x-ray vision, but, like, all of this stuff is just kind of compounding. And, he and it's, also, it's also compounding because all these people who presumably got meteor powers in the past or are just getting meteor powers now are just starting to show up now. Like, yeah. it all kind of is happening yeah. now. Although, like, uh, um, Chloe alludes to the fact that Smallville's been a weird place since the meteor shower. Right. But, but it seems like now it's really starting to, like... I guess blossom yeah. in like in like the the meteor shower generation. I guess like all the people that were little kids when the meteor struck. I guess maybe the meteor rocks and like puberty have something in like intertwining in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I at Lex's place. Uh, like Clark, like this scene. Like again, like I remember this episode fairly well, and I was really shocked because I'd forgotten that Lex even shows Clark that he kept the the, the wrecked Porsche. Like I totally forgot that Le- that Clark even knew that he had the car still. Like I thought maybe you might have found out like like a couple seasons from now that Lex kept the car and was looking into him, but Lex is like, look. Like he's had people look into it, and that um, the that the what the team discovered is that there's no way the roof could have been pulled back that way. And he asked Clark point blank if he remembers anything about what happened, and Clark's just like, "No, I just remember pulling you out. That's it." I don't think we see the car very much after this. Um, I yeah. could totally be wrong, but like I know he showed it to the detective. He shows it to Clark, but I I, I want to say like. If we see it one more time, it might be the last time. Um, yeah. It doesn't well, I surprise think... me that he showed it to Clark, but they, more than anything, the, the whole car accident thing is kept alive through conversation. Yeah. Well, the thing that I remember, I remember there being a scene at some later point where the car is in, maybe in the same room, but there's also a whole bunch of monitors around and Lex has stuff about the caves and a whole bunch of other stuff and it's all in the same room with the Porsche oh, I kind of remember that too now but I don't remember when it is or even oh, if that's a real memory from now because I don't they don't discover the caves until season I mean we think that now but watch it'll be like next season <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be the next episode I don't know I really don't remember like the, how like the actual timeline of half of this stuff yeah but Lex admonishes, admonishes him more about, like, Cassandra, that there's no way that she could tell the future. And Clark kind of claps back about how he doesn't, at least she doesn't live in the past. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, I mean, he wants Lex to forget this as soon as possible. 
Right. Yeah. He's getting a little. He's getting a little scared that Lex is looking into it again. Yeah. I think yeah. At at the hospital now, we're seeing like the sheriff showing up, and he's come to arrest Harry. And we find that like Harry has kind of like Benjamin buttoned back to normal, like. Which is weird because that's like never explained how that happened. Just like Clark knocked him out but, and he got old again. But it gives us like a hilarious scene, like later where he throws himself back into the pond. He like electrocutes himself again. Yeah, and I was like, he's not like you can't be sure that that's going to work again. I actually thought that because <laughs> I didn't remember how the episode ended, so I'm like, does he die here? Does he just throw himself in and then this time he just gets electrocuted? <laughs> But no, instead we actually get to see what small nipples would look like having an orgasm. Because he totally shows his O face the second time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, like, I think right before that, though, Clark kind of talks. Here's here's from Lana about the story about Harry being kidnapped, and he's skeptical. Um, But, um... Yeah, because they're outside. They're at they're at the, um, the home, and he gets some like meteor gut rot and heads inside because, um, that's where he confronts Harry, who kind of gets the nurse to get Clark out of there, right? And then he dumps himself back into the pond. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Harry like plays victim, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, oh that is bothering me. Blah blah blah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and Clark gets out of there. But um, but yeah, they need some new railings because yeah, when he throws himself off the second time, it's like it's shot kind of wide, and it just looks really funny because he's just like, "All right, let's do it," and just dives in. Oh yeah, he's totally ready. Uh, oh no, you know what? My notes, uh, my notes here in the next scene actually say at the torch here is where they finally figure out that he's after the jurors in the case. But, like, you could have... Okay, no, that that makes sense, because then they look up the the juror thing, and then they find out that Hiram Kent Kent. was one of the jurors. Which is why I kind of... I conflated this episode with, like, a later season episode, where it's like that 1950s episode, where uh, uh, John, uh, John Schneider plays Hiram Kent in that episode. I think. Uh, well, no. Oh, or maybe some guest no, wait, I thought... I'm very confused now. You might I'm pretty be sure. Right. But Lana, Lana plays her grandmother. Yeah, and Clark plays Jor-El. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, yes, you're correct. You're correct. You're correct. Again, ladies and gentlemen, nobody has chastised us for spoiling things that happen years in the future, so we're going to continue to do it until one of you goes, "Will you guys stop spoiling shit?" Yeah, I'm trying. I tried not to, but like I, that's why I was so excited about this episode even more. Like when I was just reading recaps before I got to this one, because I thought this one had this plus the Lex scene that's coming up, and I was like, "Oh man, this is like one of the best episodes, like for sure ever." And I thought this had the Lex scene that's coming up and then another like vision of Clark in the future, but not really of Clark. And I was like, man, that's such a good fucking episode. It's still fantastic. It's still a fantastic episode. But now I'm totally curious as to what the other thing I'm thinking of when the hell that happens. Right. But as they're figuring out 
the Kent's name is on the list. Uh, Harry back in his utilities, he's, he's kind of hit back into his, uh, utility worker garb so he can show up at the farm and Martha is suspicious, but she finds that the phone line's been cut and he kind of comes in the side door and he, he kind of lunges for her, but she smashes him in the head with a vase. Um, and then she runs out and we see like, it's like the Kent car. We've never seen a car before on the, like, how many vehicles do they have? <laughs> I was thinking of that earlier when I was watching the next episode we're going to do. Um, and I was just like, how cheap are vehicles in Smallville? Because yeah. they are writing off a car per episode at this point, And it's the same people. And the very next week they have a brand new car. And yeah, there's no know. way that insurance is covering this shit because you can't like, how did Whitney get a new truck so quick? The insurance was like, oh, attacked by a bug boy? Well, of course it's a write-off. Here's all your money, sir. <laughs> attacked by a bug boy. Well, <laughs> the I official, mean, the official exactly. on the invoice. Like, I, I don't understand. Acts of bug are not covered. Yeah, they can't be. No, yeah. stingy insurance companies are. They're not going to cover a bug boy. 100,000 roaches in a trench coat? Absolutely not. But yeah, so, but like, uh, she runs out to the car and like, we're getting some horror tropes because she looks, then she notices that the tires are flat. And so she's like hiding in the barn in pursuit and, and while he pursues her. And in the, while he's pursuing her, he finds a fucking machete. Now I specifically wrote a note here like, um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, I'll be the first one to admit I don't know a lot about farms, but what the fuck do you need a machete for? Yeah, like, and it's just sitting there. And there's then no right vines. Next, there's right. no. You're not going to use it to cut hay. You're not going to use it to like cut wood. Like I just can't understand what you would need a machete for. Unless, like, is Jonathan butchering sheep? That's possible. It, yeah, who knows? He's got a. He's got some dark secrets, maybe. And um. But yeah, and then he's like standing there sharpening it while Martha is just kind of hiding. Uh, and so she makes her way into like the grain silo. Um, and at one point she tries to go peek out and he kind of stabs the uh, the uh, the machete in through the through the the gap she's looking through. Uh, and then she climbs he climbs in with her. Um, and they start to struggle. Uh, like yeah, they start to struggle, but she pulls the chain to try to bury him and her kind of a last, last ditch effort to escape. Oh, I thought um, she was just trying to, cause she was sinking into it. I thought she accidentally grabbed the chain, like to try to get leverage. Oh no. The train, the chain is what she pulls to start the grain falling, falling. Yeah, in. no, but I thought she meant to do it by accident. I didn't, I didn't think she did it to like, oh, we're going to bury ourselves. Yeah. I think she, she saw him coming at her and she used it as a way to try to distract him so that he would maybe look up so she could dart past him because he was blocking the entrance, right? Uh, anyway, but they start... Like, uh, um, drowning slash suffocating in a grain silo, legitimately like a childhood fear of mine. I, I've been afraid yeah. of that shit ever since I was a little kid because I saw a horror movie once and I have no idea what it's called, but that's how the bad guy died at the end. That's how they killed him, is they drown him in a, in a grain silo. And I was like, 
I remember being like fucking three, four, five years old when parents didn't give a shit what kind of stuff you watched, so they let yeah. it psychologically scar you. And it fucking yeah. did, man. I'm telling you right now, like never. I will never go anywhere near inside a grain silo. That shit's I not happening. I think it probably must have scarred the writer of the episode too, because they basically just do that. Like Clark, uh, Clark and, and Paul Kent show up and uh, Clark uses his x-ray vision and they get in there and they pull Martha, Martha out just in time, but they actually uh, um, like after, after uh, I think Jonathan CPR is her. She kind of says that uh, Cass- Cassandra was wrong. Like no one, no one's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gonna die. See, Clark, um, Cassandra was wrong. Nobody died. Uh, actually, the guy in the grain silo just fucking died. Yeah, Martha. we see his hand shrivel up. Oh yeah, it gets old again. Yeah. No. So this next scene is the fucking creme de la creme. Like it's the highlight scene of the entire episode. Lex it's shows up. Possibly. Yeah. Like Lex shows up. Actually, I think um, looking at. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum's uh, IMDb. This might be the scene he won the um, uh, the Emmy for. Oh, I didn't even know he won an Emmy. Good for him. He's, he deserves. I think he's got. I think he's got five nominations and two wins, and one of them was for Smallville. He's the best fucking Lex Luthor ever. Everybody admits it. Everybody who's ever seen Smallville says the exact same thing. Michael Rosenbaum is the best Lex Luthor ever. But yeah, so he comes to visit her, and he's got flowers, and he explains that he wants to see why he's alive when he should be dead. And that he doesn't believe, like, he doesn't want to do good things. He wants to do great things. And so she, he's kind of like, how does this work? And she's like, well, just give me your hand. And there's this scene where, like, right before, he's still doubting it. He's kind of puts his hand out, and he kind of has this, like, look on his face, like, all right, let's see how this goes. And they touch hands, and we see the vision. And so the vision uh, is like Lex standing in a white suit in the Oval Office. He kind of walks around the desk over to a window, and he kind of rests his hand on the on the sill. And there's like a bright light, um, and you see that he's wearing one glove, like he's wearing like a black leather glove on one hand. Um, and then it cuts to like an outdoor where he's standing in a field of sunflowers and he kind of bends down to touch them and they immediately start to wilt and die. And as they're dying, you can see underneath is just like blackened dried earth and like skeletons for as far as the eye can see. Yeah. And then like the skies start to cloud over, everything gets dark. Yeah, his like his as he's kind of doing this though, like as he's touch brushing this, his like mouth kind of plays into kind of like a grin, like that kind of that half smile he does. It's like a very serene smile. Like he's mm-hmm. very calm. Yeah, and so he looks up at the clouds as they're turning red and blood starts raining down on him. And that it is the last thing Cassandra ever sees. Yes. So you cut back to Cassandra, and then you have Lex, and like, so, so Cassandra, what did you see? And no response, because Cassandra, she did. Yeah, she's she's dead. Uh, and he's like, he realizes it a few seconds later. He just drops her hand, and he drops the flowers, and he's like, like stumbling out of the room as he's like calling for help. Like he's totally like sick because he knows she saw something. 
something Does and whatever she help? saw killed her. Because I thought he just like left. I thought he was just like, no, fuck that. I'm out then. Yeah, no, he he calls for help. He's like, nurse, somebody okay. help. But okay. he stumbles out of the room and he walks away. But you see him actually stop kind of in the hallway. <clears throat> and then we see the nurse showing up and we see Clark showing up and the nurse telling him that she's gone. Um, and then realizes the person close to him that would die was her. There you go. Yeah, because is it... Um, Clark is there for some reason, and then isn't, like, Sa- or, or, uh, Pete or Chloe there as well? No, just just Clark. Clark walks in. Um, like, Lex walks out. Um, a nurse walks in. And then Clark walks in after the nurse. Okay. Like only I, a few seconds I thought after. someone said to Clark, or, or does Clark say it to himself? That like, uh, oh, the uh, whatever her, her prediction, that somebody close to you would die. And then like while looking at her, that's where I'm maybe getting confused. I think, I think he says something about like, so she, uh, yeah. Or so she was like, right. Or she, she was, right. was right or something like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. Because, yeah, so Cassandra was the person close to Clark who was going to die. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so from the beginning of the episode, did she foresee her own death? I don't like, think... Did, did she know? I don't even think her powers know. I don't think her powers even work that way. I think she couldn't have even known that it was going to be her. Maybe okay. she did, I don't know. I love, I love that, like, just... The evil that, like, just seeing the evil that Lex was going to be responsible for, just like killed her. Yeah, like just the shock of it. Yeah, um, and I like that. You know, even the vi- even though the vision is kind of very um, abstract. Yeah, that it really gets. Uh, it it really it doesn't pull any punches into like how deadly and how much of a madman that Lex is. Like, this man will kill everything. He, yeah. he will be responsible for the, the death of millions or billions. Uh, he, like, he, he, he will be responsible for fucking blood raining from the sky. He is fucking evil incarnate. And I love it. Because that's how... Like, there, there's a lot of stories, if you look through the DC universe, there's a lot of stories which kind of not necessarily redeem Lex because he's always going to have that dark side, but there's yeah. stories that kind of play with, oh, is he the anti-hero? Is he this or is that? No, no, no. I want my Lex Luthor to be fucking evil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he he's a bad he's a bad dude. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the episode, and I think uh, we don't even really need to discuss whether we liked the episode. I think we did like the episode. It's got there's a Round couple of cheesy little things. Round of applause it's, for our it's, black. It's the best episode so far. Um I it, I think it's not the most important. I, mean, I think like, the pilot I think the pilot is still very good. Yeah. Um for what it does. But I think this is the best episode of the show so far. Yeah. And and uh, that that Lex Vision plants shit that we will see for years, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, and because I remember when this came out, when it first came out, and discussing with people like, "Oh my god!" So like, so he kills all these flowers, and and like, is that is that like a, um, 
Is that like a dream state prediction that he's gonna like he he destroys the farmlands, he destroys Smallville, or like because they're sunflowers? Is he blotting mm. out the sun like Mr. Burns style? Blah blah blah. What the fuck's with the glove? Why is it a glove? Why is he wearing a totally white suit? I don't understand. Blah blah. blah. Oh my god, Lex is president, and Lex yeah, become yeah. president. I'm like so many times, but like the hype around that, like, is it even three minutes? Uh, no, I think I think it might play out in like 45 seconds. It's just fucking fantastic. It's so good, and I mean, like the graphics of the the special effects are, are very dated and whatnot, but still, just the intention that it gets across. Oh. But it's all in soft focus, so it works really well. Like it's in a dream, it's like a dreamlike thing. Like there's a very Vaseline on the lens look to it. Like it's very, it's very dreamy looking, and then yeah. horrifying. Because well, I mean, it is a vision. Yeah. So good, so good. Love the episode. Love everything about it. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, there was one line, and I'm not sure exactly where. It happened in this in in the show. It must have been very early on. My notes almost seem like like they got jumbled around or something. Mm. But she at one point, um, Clark asks her about why she's a psychic, or or when she got uh, her powers, and she said, "Oh, well, I was blinded by the meteor shower, and right. then not long after, I began to be able to see these things." And Clark uh, obviously again apologizes for the meteor shower right. thing. Right. Um, but she tells Clark. Um, uh, I'm not sure why, like, I'm not sure how I got these powers or why, but I know that, you know, every, that, that he, human history is full of stories of people losing one sense and then, um, the other sense is gaining strength or another sense gaining strength to compensate for the lost one. Right. Yeah. And I was like, now is that, would you consider that foreshadowing for when Clark gets his super hearing? Because I'm almost sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I very I, I might be, but doesn't Clark lose his sight in that episode? And oh that's yeah, he... uh, yeah. Clark Clark is blind for an episode, and he does like very bad blind guy acting. Like oh, does he really? <laughs> Tom Welling Tom Welling botches botches the fuck out of that episode. Oh my oh. god, that's gonna be so good to watch. I can't wait, then. I can't wait. Oh my god. Um, he does. But yeah, I was like, oh, and I was like, maybe it's not foreshadowing because I don't think they planned it that far ahead. But I think whoever was writing this, or someone wrote this, or, or watched it, and they were like, I know how we're gonna give Clark his super hearing. He's gonna go blind. <laughs> no. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I I don't even I don't remember even if that's if that's a season one episode where he gains that power. It can't be. I think no, it's like a power per very, season for a while. They're very stingy with powers in the first little while. Yeah. Um, I guess got so many. True, uh, but like I was actually surprised that he got his X-ray vision so early. When you when yeah. you told me like X-ray, like episode four, he gets his X-ray vision. I was like, oh, really? Because he's got strength and speed, and I thought he real uh, like like existed on strength and speed until at least like late ep- season two. Yeah. So. Because um, I know he doesn't get cold breath until, like, late oh, in the series. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, flight, whenever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the that's the episode. Fantastic. This week. Episode. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. So yeah, we got all of our uh, we've got all our social media stuff 
uh, in the show notes. But you can find the show at on Twitter, uh, Save Us Pod, and the URL for the podcast itself is Anchor.fm slash Save Us. Uh, if you and... go to Anchor.fm slash Save Us, uh, or if you get the app, it's probably easiest to get out get the app. I guess I don't. I actually haven't checked on the website if you can do it. But uh, uh, you could be the next uh, Lee Kalal Clark. Well, once again, big shout out to Lee Kalal Clark, man. Thank you very much for the. Uh, for the voice message. Thank you for listening. Super, super appreciated. Um, and there was like a little hint in there that you you're either going to like a start your own Smallville podcast or B would like to guest on, on ours. Um, one, I totally encourage you to do your own podcast. That would be great. Uh, two, don't discount the fact that maybe you could be on a future episode of, uh, of somebody save us we're um always talking about that behind the scenes guys to add more more guests more perspectives um so that might may very well happen we'll see we're just it's early days so we're just trying to to keep episodes coming uh as consistently as possible in as high quality as we can we can possibly manage yeah, uh, there's a, yeah, there's a couple a couple little things like we we keep an eye on this thing as we're going and like we just crossed our hundred listens and we're like holy shit. Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you guys very much. One hundred listens per. Um, this is not up yet. Episode five is not up yet. So a hundred listens over four episodes. Five if you count episode zero. Um, but that's I mean I, I think. Certainly for me, that's a lot more than I expected this early on. Um, yeah. Averaging of and about 20 to 22 listeners. I, uh, Anchor is estimating our audience is about 22 people, which is right. fantastic. And so I think, I think even as of the last recording, we still didn't know whether we were on iTunes yet or not, and we definitely are. Um, and so Absolutely. again, like... You hear this on every podcast you listen to, I'm sure, folks. But when you review the show, that just uh, that helps so much with new, yeah. with new shows. And you don't even have to like write anything. Just like if you're listening to an episode and you happen to see those stars, if you want to tap on the number five, that would be fantastic. Uh, oh. I don't know if you can rate or review on Spotify, but it, uh, on your listening platform of choice, uh, any reviews would be uh, super helpful and super appreciated. Uh, also, you know, go ahead and share with your friends and family. Any, any, uh, if, if there are any like younger generation folks listening, if you're like 20 years old or younger, ask your parents if they watch Smallville. There's a good yeah. chance that they did. And if they did, say, like, look, there's some guys doing a Smallville retrospective. You might want to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely because that's the thing. The show's been off the air. Since 2011. Yeah. It probably actually ended sometime in mid, like early 2012, but the season 10 would have started in 2011. But it's, so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so yeah, we're, that's it for this one, but we've got, we've got a bunch more episodes coming and including next week. Uh, I just want to give a, a, if you don't mind me plugging something, Paul, uh, yeah. I just, if, if anybody wants to come and hang out, you can talk Smallville, you can talk Superman, you can talk DC, you can talk whatever. If you want to follow me on Twitch, I'm really trying to do a, a push to get my Twitch viewership up, uh, my Twitch followers. It's a uh, twitch.tv slash Zen underscore Ronin. Uh, that's Z or Z, depending on what side of the border you're on. Z-E-N-R underscore 
R O N I N. Uh, I am um, I, I play randomly. I'm a very casual gamer, but when I'm on, you're more than welcome to come and hang out. I'm trying to get to 200 people. If I get to 200 followers, I'm going to uh, marathon the PS3 hit Eco in a single sitting. And uh, if I get to 250, I'm giving away a Nintendo Switch. All you have to do is have an Amazon account and uh, put a, a switch on your um, wish list and I'll buy you one. Uh, and then I'm also going to do like live watch alongs uh, on as many NFL games as I can. NFL and Edmonton Oilers games. Uh, I'm a sports fan, so that's just something I like to do. I can't show any footage, so don't come to the channel expecting that, but I'll be watching and I'll just be giving my own little commentaries and shooting the shit with whoever's in the chat. That's it. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, yeah no, no problem. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that uh, that next episode of Smallville is craving a teen, a teen's amazingly successful weight loss regimen gives her a crazed hunger for high fat munchies. So she munches on a deer here, a boyfriend there. She's a fat sucking fiend and a menace to all Smallville. We do a little a little hint for uh, the next episode, and it's oof, uh, yeah. Holy shit! Is that Lois Lane? Yeah. Mm. Is that is that mm. Lois Lane in a nutty professor fat suit? <laughs> it's it's a serviceable fat suit, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and not when it does close ups, for sure. It's like, oh, that's definitely a fat suit. Uh, the next episode, uh, 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 yeah, we'll talk about it when we talk about it, I guess. Um, yeah. So, but but yeah. that, that one's actually, I think, our first one that's got its a uh, returning writer and a returning director. Oh, really? Uh, it's the and, first and you'll see something in this. Or, well, I guess it kind of is very weird as far as, like, the Superman universe goes. Right. Um, uh, you tend to see a lot of familiar faces. And it's always welcome. So this is yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh, cool. This person has a connection to future Superman. Um, yeah, I look forward to it. It wasn't necessarily as bad as I expected. It wasn't right. good. <laughs> no, it's not a good one, but it's it's an episode of Smallville. It is an episode of Smallville, and so until next time, ladies and gentlemen, somebody somebody save, save us. <laughs>